on the Spencer's the Pez, poking out at the cons, Renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, eh, sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Coming to you live from Elusive Comics and Games, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Here's your host, Derek McCall. Thank you so much for my announcer, the notorious P.E.Z. Yeah. It's good to have you here. And of course, this is Derek McCall, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast for Wednesday, August 15th. 2007. Across from me is our moral compass, sound engineer, and general all-around cool guy, Rick Brettschneider. Howdy, folks. Why, I feel like we were just doing a radio broadcast in 1920. <laughs> Thanks. Could you uh, go out and crank up the generator so we have enough power? To, uh, I'm on it, Chief. <laughs> All right, maybe we'll put on a little Bessie Smith album a little later. And how. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I see when the whole uh, you know overalls and little uh, corns thing coming out of your mouth would be good. Corns coming out of my mouth. Corn. Uh, That's disgusting. Know, like <laughs> corns. Sure. Okay. You have a foot fetish, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, no. I know. I I'm a tickler. Do. Okay. Oh, good heavens! Good heavens! All right. Uh, despite our levity, we I suppose we do have to begin with as uh, we're going to talk about comics, going to talk about movies. We'll talk about some TV. But we need stuff. a minute right now. But we do need to acknowledge comic book world suffered a great loss this week with the sudden and very unexpected death of artist Mike Waringo, fan favorite, fan favorite Mike indeed, uh, dead at the age of forty-four, vegetarian, allegedly in great shape. Just at this point, they're just saying heart failure. Happens to the best of them. Mm-hmm. Scares the heck out of those of us approaching 44. Mm-hmm. There you go. Who are not vegetarian and not in great shape. It's okay. Um, but it is It is a loss. I mean, we just... He Tragic. Just, he just finished up a great run on Friend of Neighborhood Spider-Man, working for Peter David. Um, I thought, I've, you know, there's been commentary all over the net, and uh, and there will be far more in Quintessential the, in the work. to come. Yeah, that's a good question. No, what's his quintessential work? Uh, certainly the beginning of Impulse. I don't know if there's a trade paperback or not. We he did to, do Flash for a little bit, right? He did Flash for a short amount. That was acknowledged, and we ran an article by Chris Garcia this week about that. That's how he had discovered him. But it's a very versatile style, because I had forgotten, Chris mentioned in his uh, in his little tribute encomium there, that... Uh, that he had done this Doc Savage two issue miniseries, which I had, and it's I mean this is oh, really back for um, Doom Dynasty for Millennium Comics, yeah, Millennium. I think it was, and that he had a style that uh, in one of the tributes I read this week said he described his art being as he, he was action oriented, not violence oriented, and I thought that was a really good nice analysis of what of what his style does did, and. You know, you could go. No, his this. style can still will live forever. Oh, there we go. So there you it's, go. It's like literature. There we go. That you know, he could cover this pulp hero in a really cool, outrageous thing, and then go to superheroes, and then he had that. Uh, unfortunately, a mini, unfortunately for me, a miniseries or a series that I'd never read, but now I want to seek out this Telos, Telos, 
Uh, did you see it? It's like a fantasy series. Oh, with was a, that the one with the animals with or animals? something? Yes. Yeah, I saw Oh, that. I do remember that one, yeah. Yeah, from it, Image I Comics. I never read yeah. it, but I feel like I really should now because I'm seeing the artwork pop up all over the place and going, wow, that, that looked really cool. And he had kind of a cartoony, almost kind of manga, manga well, style, it, that, or like an amalgam maybe, right? It was sort of... It, I believe he started out being a little more manga-esque, and he really brought it into a style that I really like of this sense of, it, it looks almost animated, yeah, but it's it has become a more American, yeah, playful that you could buy it as being, it could, it could have gone to Johnny Quest to Bugs Bunny, you know, he could mm-hmm. fit whatever in. I'm thinking, in my head, I'm thinking he did some work on Shazam, but it, it must have been Ed McGinnis who was imitating him. You know, and I see mm. there's a lot. I mean, Friend of the Neighborhood Spider-Man, Todd Knock took over, and Todd Knock has a style that sort of evolved out of not not necessarily imitation, but but certainly very close to his style. And I think Waringo really was the first to break through and make that into a big and kind of thing. popularize it. Yeah, yeah. So he did the Flash. He did with Mark Wade. He did Impulse with Mark Wade. He did the incredible Fantastic Four run with Mark Wade, which is some mm. of the best Fantastic Four, um, certainly after Lee and Kirby. And, you know, so that so, it's just a huge a tragic loss. loss. Mark Wade commented this week that, you know, he had planned to do something, but now that he was no longer exclusive to Marvel, uh, to DC, that he and Waringo had been talking about something over at Marvel, and you know that would have been cool, but of course you can't say it now. You know, he can't identify what the project was, but it's one of those, you know, I just can't help but feel like, well, boy, we, we lost out on something really, really great. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, we lost out on something really great. Anyways, so, you know, but with... We lost out on some, someone really yeah, great. Yeah, someone really great, yeah. Not someone I... I don't know if he had gone to Comic-Con at any point when I was attending. So I don't think I've ever had, I've ever had a chance to meet him, but you know, certainly know people that, that did meet him, and, and he was apparently really big on the convention circuit. just hadn't seen him out on the West mm. Coast. So, well, it's like I said, tragic but, loss, and and most of it's in trade paperback, and you have to acknowledge that. that it's not to be uh, ghoulish about it. Say, you know, suddenly snap these up. No, don't snap these up because they're going to be collector's items. Snap, you know, come out and check out some of his work if you don't know it because it's just good. It, it was it was really good comics. I don't. I can't think of anything that I know he drew that I didn't like. The Telus stuff get collected at all? I remember. I, I don't know. I don't now, know. Who put that out though? Wasn't that like image. an image? Image. So it'll be behind you here at Elusive Comics and Games if if they have it in, in stock. If it does exist, uh, it would be on the shelf. Of course, Elusive yeah, Comics and Games. There is a Telus. Reluctant, Reluctant Heroes. Heroes. There we go. There we go. You too can come to Elusive Comics and Games and find this marvelous uh, back. Unless we buy it up. Log of. Uh, but uh, wow, that is. That oh is some, yes, yes, yes. That is some cool looking stuff. There's a couple. Last and night, it, suns and moons. And it looks kind of kid-friendly, uh, too. Yeah. So, wow. Well, doggone. Michael Ringo, 44 years old, died Sunday. Now, we can move on to happier notes, or odder notes, if not happier. A fair amount of oddness. A fair amount. This week, an interesting, shall we say, divorce is happening in the comic book world. The Dabble Brothers, who... Uh, a year ago, with great fanfare, went to Marvel Comics, and their sales just shot up, partially because they finally landed the license that would that brought a whole bunch of people in who had never read comics before. The, that would be the Anita Blake Vampire Hunter series. Where's our Anita Blake expert? Where? She's not here yet. But ah, well. But here's the interesting thing: they announced this week, or they announced that they are parting amicably after a year. The brothers, the Dabble Brothers, are leaving Marvel. 
brothers parting. The brothers are parting, and going uh, uh, publishing, self-publishing again. This is about I think Marvel is the fifth company that they've allied themselves with. And I do not know how this can be turned into a positive, but they're saying, no, this is. Marvel gets to keep everything that's been successful for them. So Marvel gets to keep Anita Blake. Marvel gets to keep uh, the Orson Scott card, Red Prophet, and Worms, and uh, I, what else have they been publishing? Uh, but I, I think the thing that really matters, I think Anita Blake has been the phenomenon and Marvel oh, sure. gets it, and they're and yeah, no, the Dabble Brothers studio today said, you know, oh no, it's great, you know, we've got something coming out in January that'll just knock your socks off, and I'm like, what's left? Uh, you know, what could be bigger? How could you be more successful than that? But uh, I, I don't know. So it's kind of interesting. And 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 Lon just has no comment because he's been out in the hot hot sun labor. No, it has day. nothing to do with that. I'm just kind of like Dabble Brothers, who, who really. Nina Blake, really? Yes, Nina Blake sells better than many of the I'm just saying. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, will Anita Blake if, if be If Alicia a, were here, she'd kick your butt. I'm just, no, but I mean, would Anita she Blake, would, with pointy little would Anita Blake still sell without the Dabble Brothers? Yes. Yes. Okay. End no, of story. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm that's saying? Why okay. the, that's why I think it's interesting But the, I mean, the story has been noted as being a very... Uh, accurate representation artistically of what people were expecting from the descriptions of the novels. Right, but okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the a hole here. Um, looking at the book, really? Yeah, I'm gonna be the, I'm gonna be the stretch for you. I'm gonna be the 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 negative here. Um, looking at the book, it <laughs> reminds me of every like Michael Turner knockoff or you know Fathom. I will style. agree with you. I I personally have. So yeah. all they got to do is hire one of those. Because Alicia's not here, I, I have it. Well, no, they, they, they are going to keep the team. I mean, it's the Dabble Brothers, the publishers. They had they weren't the writers. Oh, they, they weren't. They were the artists. They weren't the artists. No, oh. they're just they're just like a packaging. They're studio the publishers. Team. Yeah, and then they allied themselves with Marvel for distribution, for distribution. and then so Marvel gets cares? to take their team. It's just. I, I don't know. Marvel cares. Marvel, Marvel don't cares. care. They get to keep everything. Exactly. That's what they care. <laughs> so, like I'm saying, non-story. And the Dabble Brothers are going, it's a really good thing. They got the house. I get to visit the kids every other year. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Way to go, Dabble Brothers. <laughs> I don't have to work on it anymore. Uh, you know, but uh, so we'll see. I mean, maybe they will come roaring back with some amazing property. Oh, I, I can't wait for the next Dabble Brothers project. Woo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, my friends are calling me up. Oh, my God, did you hear? The, the Dabble way, Brothers uh, are th back. Th this week's podcast is sponsored by the Dabble Brothers Studio. Thanks, Lon. And Thanks. we've lost all our sponsors. <laughs> Yet again. We're back in the there boarhouse, goes people. five dollars I was going to give to Rick tonight. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> did you hear the news? The Dabble Brothers are producing again. They are. Something big. They're promising back January. We'll see what happens. Another Who cares? Another ending leading to another beginning today. The I'd rather listen to the Smothers Brothers, all right? Thank you. Move old right reference. Along. Old reference. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's move away from the self-righteous brothers and go over <laughs> to another ending, which is leading to a new beginning. That is uh, Brad Meltzer, uh, New York Times bestselling novelist, who is finishing his run on Justice League of America today with, I think it's issue 12. Uh, and instead, usually he leaves from comics, he alternates r writing comics to writing a novel, but he's actually going to Buffy Season 8 over at Dark Horse. Wow. So he's doing co another comic. Co-plotting with Joss Whedon. Okay, and, so and he's going to be on the Season 8 books, not the books that follow Season 8? 
It might be season nine. Okay. It might be season nine. It takes. I thought Joss was going to be all of season eight. Joss is not. Joss has only written one issue in season eight. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's he's overseeing. He's producing. Okay. He's yeah. dropping in, guiding everything. But uh, I can't remember who the I next see that. who the next writer is. Somebody really cool. Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn. That's right. Is it really? Yes. I just made that up. It oh, is. Man. Brian K. Vaughn is writing the next arc. Very well done. You are just a wait, prodigy. No, Brian K. Vaughn took over for run. No, wait. Did yeah, he take traded. over Runaways? No, Joss Whedon took over Runaways from Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, okay. So then they're flip flopping back. Brian K. Vaughn okay. is writing some of Buffy season eight. Okay. So. Um, Wait, we're getting a we're getting a, a news. This flash. just in. We're getting a news flash from Rick's left. What about Silicon? Can we can we? Uh, Supposedly, Silicon is the convention in October. Mm-hmm. Supposed to have a lot of comics. comics. They are claiming that yes, they have invited family. Planet. Okay, that's what you're referring to. They're doing a shift of uh, of content into comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think they have three or four comics pros that are con- that are scheduled guests so far. I'll be there. That's right. We're I'm not a comic pros. pro, though. So. And by the way, that guest voice was the lovely Debbie Brett Schneider. I contacted them about co-hosting. October 5th through 7th. Co-hosting? Co-hosting? We're going to have part of the convention here. That's oh, a nice move. You know, this is why Anna, you should own a comic book shop. You might think about that going into uh, running a store or something, and then make it bigger. And then, you know, if you could expand. And hey, Alicia came in after all the Alicia uh, Anita Blake bashing's gone by. So you missed over. it. Oh, look at that. There's a mic. There's a mic. There's your headphones. You didn't bash Anita Blake. I didn't. Did you? I oh, didn't. No. Oh, oh, she no. went right to life. <laughs> what? Exactly. <laughs> I bashed the Dabble Brothers. Well, I didn't bash Anita Blake. <laughs> okay, granted, Anita Blake is a character, and Laura Cook Hamilton is the author. I'm I okay. didn't touch any of them. No, okay. no she, it's true. I Long just did leave Laurel K. Hamilton's uh, reputation on, on the smirch. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Did he? No. Oh. No, he actually said that she I just ripped on the brothers. That's all. That's right. Because? Because the Dabble Brothers left Marvel, and Marvel gets to keep Anita Blake. And so we were just commenting on how... That seems very odd. That very I don't, odd. I don't see how the Dabble Brothers are going to come out on top of that one, but they claim they aren't. So, but that's Screw reputation. Them. Ah, the heck with them. All right, we run another new topic. great, another great return. <laughs> Captain America coming back. Alex Ross returning to Marvel. Is he really? After over five years. Oh, Alex Ross. Alex Ross. You said Captain America. Uh, let me explain something. I'm now, confused, Derek. Now I've Cap's read. Cap's dead. Now I've read the interview with Alex Ross, the Avengers Invaders crossover, a 12 issue miniseries, uh, co-written with his with Jim Kruger, who co-wrote uh, Earth X, and I believe uh, Justice. The miniseries that that he just finished with DC. Isn't Jim Kruger the guy that killed all those children a no, long that's time ago? Freddy Krueger. That's Freddy Krueger. Oh, okay. Thank you. Sorry. Shut the door. He's going to come for you. Thank I, you. Uh, Say his name three times. No, no that's Candyman. No, no, it's Beetlejuice. Jinx. Buy me a Coke. All right. So yeah, it's Beetlejuice too. Yeah, yeah. You've yeah. said it twice. Don't anybody say it again. Beetlejuice. No. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> hey, come here. I got some good for you. Come on. All right. So. You need to edit in a clip from Beetlejuice right there. <laughs> okay, he already did. <laughs> so <laughs> it looks to me like they're going to do the Captain Marvel route. The, yes, the they're going to. I was going to say the same thing. The invaders are going to come from out of time. From out of time, 
after they've been together for a year fighting in World War II, come forward to this spot in Marvel history where Captain America has just freshly died, and the younger version... He's freshly freshly died. And they're going to make him the whole fish-out-of-water thing, and they're going to basically read This time he's really a fish-out-of-water. That's stupid. Except the only thing that I think is... That really has me interested is Alex Ross is very very much talking up, which is to me realistic. The little thing that Ed Brubaker sort of planted the seeds for before he killed Cap so cruelly was that if you picked up Captain America in 1942, he and Bucky and Namor and the Torch and Toro are killing Nazis. They are soldiers in a war, so they're actually far more that's savage. Different. And yeah, that. They're they're coming out shell shocked. Anybody that's a villain to them, there isn't going to be that sense of justice. No, you think it's going to be a black decide. and white world for them. It's going to be a very black. I don't and know white about that though, because in the old Cap comics, he also had to do other missions where he had to actually, you know, bring people in and do everything else. I mean, on the battlefield, yeah, it's different because you're fighting a war. I'm sure they know the difference. I mean, all of his training that he had to go through. I'm sure he has the heroic I don't think side. Namor does. Well, no, Namor doesn't. But oh, I'm no, just I, think the, I think the young... Well, I don't know. Is why young... was Namor fighting for America? Uh, because... Explain that there. Because Timely, Timely Comics was afraid. No, no, not the real reason. I'm talking about in the story. I don't know. Right. Because his because... father was an American. Yes, really? that's true. Leonard McKenzie was an American. You guys are... Huge I Zorlet! <laughs> Leonard McKenzie, father of Namor. Boom. Wow. And that brings I I I want to see old Namor fight current Namor. <laughs> I think little Namor going Let's you, talk about a Blake again. Jerk and the right? other one you going, you look ridiculous. Little green trunks versus big black big leather. Black leather. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want to see. Anyway, that's been the big excitement and apparently it Wizard World, of course we didn't know this. We got the Rick got this email from Marvel with no predecessor to it. Saying, uh, saying, keep your mouth shut. Keep, keep your won't mouth be a problem. Because at Wizard World, they put up a painting of Captain America, and then the, holding the hands. Just a shout-out to my buddy. He's holding hands holding with people? Hand, holding hands with... Captain America does not hold Namor, hands with, with other men. With Namor and oh, the Torch. Oh, sure they do. Sure it they was do. a different world. It's, How do you hold hands with the Human Torch and not get your hand he's burned He's not off? on fire oh, at the okay. time. Does he I'm have not, an oven mitt on? He's what not is, the human flame. I'm but just on I, just a, a personal note on getting the on the, the cease and desist without the go and without the information head. Arun, I need to be on more of the list, yeah, the <laughs> not just the, the cease and desist but list. But apparently, the painting was then of Captain America and it said oh, I've seen the chest, it. Return. Yeah. So. I was going to say, when did he change his outfit to write "Return" on his shirt? You know what I mean? I'm like, that's stupid, Captain America. What are you doing? It was right after uh, uh, Ike. Yeah. Actually, though, you just rip off the cowl and then you send that back to the company and then you get your money back. Yes. Fine. You get credit for it. I yeah. don't understand that reference I know you don't, at all. But it's okay, but, but, but many of our listeners will. Rip off the cowl. All right, whatever. Okay. I'm working on a level far How's it going, above Alicia? Yours. Yeah. It's going really, really Welcome. well. I came prepared this time to talk a little bit about why I'm going to WorldCon. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Now, if you needed to get, I mean, listen, we've got you here now. If you needed to get a series of inoculations to travel to Japan... No. Why would I need to do that? I thought anytime you leave the country, you need I to get inoculated. I thought you needed to get inoculated. I just, I, all I know about just don't eat the blowfish. is from watching a lot of movies. So, you know, come on. You've had your shots? Um, Distemper? Um, no. No. No? No? No. <laughs> no, I mean, come on now. We allowed that guy who had the raging case of TB to fly and infect. And, we didn't and really allow him. He kind of snuck around. But 
to be fair, he was related to the head of the CDC. So, so that's, therefore, uh, that's an allowance. Yes. Uh, I think it's just our security screeners are a little Alicia, bit. two wrongs don't make a right. No, I think. Don't do it. Yeah. Get your shots. I Plus, have my when, shots. Okay, when I good. travel with TB, it's hell. Okay, people? <laughs> no kidding. I have to Sierra hotel room with that. Yeah. <laughs> no. At least they didn't hear the demons. Alon <laughs> described my snoring. Yeah, well, demons we... fighting for my soul. <laughs> it, was, it was very scary. Did we talk about that on the podcast at all? We <laughs> no. just did. Which my wife uh, said, you get yourself to a right aid and you get those breathe right strips now. No, you get yourself to an exorcist and uh, a church. Get thyself to a right aid. <laughs> oh, indeed. It was like... On my last night there, I did discover where it was, too. So The, the Rite Aid? The Rite Aid. <laughs> Good. We were one block away from the Rite yeah. Aid in the other direction, and yeah. I never walked that way. <laughs> we found it. You did? Yeah. In a drunken stumble. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> that was you, not me. Yes. I just have to say that for, you know. Just we, purposes. We, we need to do an interview with Derek's demons one night. That would be great. Oh, sure. Just, yeah, because, like, <laughs> wait, can I do it? Can I do a recreation? Go ahead. Go ahead. It was kind of like a... You know, normal snore. And then all of a sudden be all... <laughs> it was very frightening. Yarvaetrigan, <laughs> demonicus. Zorlak ah. uh-huh. again. <laughs> the Zorlak high five. So, anyway, yes. So- <laughs> we're going to be making a comic called Derek's Demons. <laughs> hey. They only, <laughs> they only come out when he snores. All right. Well, I mean, that's a great segue because I believe Elusa will be holding um, presentations in the coming future about how to up your indie comic, which is something Lon was talking about earlier. I mean, he was saying up that. Up my he, indie comic? Yeah. I mean, he, you, you, were, you, were saying, you were saying previously that you saw, I think, at Comic Con, indie yeah, comics. Indie and comics. You, and you didn't like them. So no. I think that there will be an opportunity for people who care about people like Lon and their doing? buying power to I don't know. To do she, you're saying someone like you're saying Ooh. Anna's doing this? Yeah, she's planning on having a um, a series of seminars. So I I'm looking forward to having that come in the future. Seminars where? We need to get Anna to the mic. Anna Anna uh, a topic involves you right now and we really need your, your input. Because we don't know what the heck she's talking Englishman. about. Englishman, what? So, all right, so, so Anna, what we're saying, <laughs> now, first of all, Anna, put the headphones on so you can hear my sexy British voice right in your ears. What's up with how these are worn? I don't know, just wear them. Just wear them. So, all right. Anna, th- this, this references a conversation that we had last week that was off the mic. It was talking about the expansion of your... Oh, it was your, off the mic, I'll bet it was. Expansion of your comic store and how you were thinking about having a series of seminars and presentations to help people build their comics. Yep. Build their comic building, build their comic writing. Can you talk a little bit about that? And art. Um, yeah, I want to be able to hopefully hang on, hang on, hang on. Anna yes. is the man. Oh, the owner. 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 She is the, the owner. She's the, the manager. Woman. So not the manager. Steve Simonetti is the Sorry. manager. Yeah. Of Elusive Comics and Games. Yes. Which is expanding. Yes. Into how many more square feet? 2,000. And so you've got extra square footage. Yes. Wait, 2,000 more square feet? No, no, it's Your expanding to 1,300 more. Your store is going to be larger more. than my house. It's going to be 1,300 more. <laughs> it's 2,000. Hell, that's not fair. Shut up. 2,000 total. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Kind it's of going to be 2,000 more. Chimney um, sweep way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So Shut up. So the old half, as we'll call it, is going to have toys and games and a gaming area. And the gaming area with the tables will have plenty of space to do um, seminars and classes on, yeah, comic book collecting, drawing, writing, lettering. I'm hoping to have 
will subject all of my publishing business partners of Inducive Arts Entertainment to come and um, do lectures, but everyone else who owes me favors will also come up. Excellent. But I want to partner with the local libraries and schools to really promote that so the teenagers, so junior high kids. Just another reason why, it. as we were saying last week, that Elusive Comics and Games is going to be the go-to place for comics in yeah. the Silicon Valley. We actually just decided, realized more you yesterday decided that, that you're going to be the go-to place? No, that, well, that too, but we're going to be carrying art supplies because we don't have space for it now, but cool. with the increased space, we'll be able to be carrying paper, some pens and, pa- some pens and pencils. Those are, you know, real wide variety and with the art store nearby I have to kick Lon's ass later will you, will you have we'll big fat that. crayons for Lon to hold just for you because you know, Lon's, Lon likes to color in big four colors I want to color I want to color would Lon like to make some drawings later maybe <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so we'll have a lot more um, art supplies Lon, to be able Simon to go Lopez <laughs> and a lot more how-to books uh, how-to drawing books and manga oh, and regular well, how to understand lawn, how to oh, work with lawn, how to... <laughs> how to work lawn. with lawn. Could you give me that book? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like so it has to be written still, of course, but yeah, so there you go. It's all right, we're working on That's that right now. That's very exciting. That's exciting. That is you should exciting. sound much more excited about it. I'm really, really excited. Okay, well, I mean, at this better. point, I suppose it, it's it's sort of illusory for elusive because you haven't... They we, broke down the wall. They broke the wall. They, they did break through the wall. The wall is broken through. It's, it's like not all completely <laughs> broken down. It is. I felt like we're, I was we're, we're pulling a heist on the beauty salon <laughs> next door <laughs> while they're gone. So what we're doing is we're lulling them into a full sense of security with just big holes in the wall randomly throughout the street <laughs> mall. Well, here's the thing. Um, if you come over, you'll Eventually enjoy... Eventually we'll reach the Hanmi. <laughs> if you come over, come down to the store so you can believe me, we're going to have midget pitching because... Well, midget pitching? Wait, wait because a minute. Would you go and pick up midgets and pitch them? <laughs> yes, because there's this triangular small space between the new store space and the, the hairdressing place next door. And the owner of that space is kind of bitchy and I don't like her. So we're just going to pitch midgets into her spot. You know you have to have a license for midget pitching. In I, li- I believe that license... Really? Yes. You had to be granted a license by the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may do it illegally. I'll risk right. the tickets. Okay. Sign out. Bye. That's very exciting. Very exciting news. Very nice. And now I'll go back to being American because there's no point with that. Right. Gone. No. We're going to edit that all out, right? Okay. <laughs> uh, but speaking of indie you. comics, I actually Umbrella read Academy. one that I liked. Uh, that would well, be. Well, this is Dark Horse. That's a Dark Horse, and that was Dark from Free Horse Comic Book Day. Dark Horse kind of indie. That's from Free Comic Book Day back in May. But I but never the, read it. But the first okay. issue will be coming out very shortly from the Dark Umbrella Horse. Academy. I had never. I, this was just by Gerard on. Way, lead singer of My Chemical oh, Romance. Oh, this was him. This was Gerard Way. He boy. was just. Oh well, then it's not indie. Then never mind. He doesn't need my help promoting it. I just read but it. But no, that's good. This to is know. a new medium it. for him. So yes, he does. Actually, it's not really. He was an intern at DC Comics before <laughs> he formed My Chemical. Well, Romance. shut you down. All right. I'm anyways. sorry. This is what this is the hell of having a Zorlak mm-hmm. hosting the show. I'm learning. She okay. makes okay. she makes okay. one comment okay. and you just shoot her down. Dave. Boom. She's taking notes at least. Wow. I know. Uh, we're not. We're just. Like, we're just but before we got sidetracked, wasn't Alicia giving us a presentation? Yes, but she sidetracked us. She gave us a startling scoop. That's so anyway, true. That's, that's true. Good. So tell us now. You know why you're going to Worldcon. I have, why? I have five reasons that I'm going to Worldcon. The, the Worldcon one. Five. <laughs> the masquer- Reason number one. The Masquerade, which is... No, you go backwards. Five, five. two, one. Five. Anyway, What's Masquerade, the panels, the people, the Hugo Awards, and... The, um, Three, two, one. Yeah, I was going to say, you've got to build those up a little bit, you know, okay. so the excitement. So the first one was... So the first Let's one try is- that again. Number five! <laughs> Go. 
Number one. Number five. Number five is the masquerade. Oh, my God, you got her all crazy Masquerade, now. where there'll be tons of participants in brand new, spanking new, homemade costumes. costumes. And not just comic book related, right? I mean, this is... I'm guessing a lot of Godzilla, since it's in Japan, right? No, probably a lot of cosplay stuff. Probably Work. a lot of manga. And oh. the thing that's really cool about that is that you have people that are creating things from scratch, and they've never been to, say... Okay, so this is really what I want to tell you. It's a competition of costumes that people have made themselves, and the best participants range from people who like to put stuff together to people from costuming guilds like the Australian Costumers Guild, the Costumers Guide in the UK, and the International Costumers Guild. It's and too bad Debbie left because she's know. all over I, this. I, I, she, your wife is a member of the Bay Area, the Bay Area Guild, guild yeah. and uh, took Best of Show at Why Baycon she, a couple of years she ago. She just showed up, came in, made, made a quick comment, and left. You know, she listens to me edit the podcast. Oh, so maybe she can add like four times. The poor woman. She came down just to tell him about Silicon and left. Yes. Wow, that is That's love. devotion. That is devotion, absolutely. It's my redhead. Number four. <laughs> okay. Um, there's going to be a, a, um, a masquerade halftime show, and that's a um, sword fighting exhibition by Kenji Kamio. He's... And, you know, why do we care about the Kenji, the Kamio group? Well, he's given performances. They're ninjas. He's given performances in London and the Kennedy Center, but the real reason is that they've arranged the sword fights in the Quentin Tarantino's Kill Bill. Ah. That's why you care. Cool. And at Renegades. <laughs> what? Behave. Okay. Reason you just number- get it now? I did. <laughs> no, are we to the next one? Reason number four. Number four. Four? I thought Three. that was four. I thought it was four. All right. Oh, gosh. Whatever. Can I not count? Well, okay. I like to put the two together. So. Masquerade and Halftime Show were one. 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 Okay. So this time. I'll go with this the time one for Ida. real. Number four. Four. Okay. Four, 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 don't four. yell at them in microphone. Anyways, go ahead. So the panels. Um, Maybe let it out. There's one that's called Underwater Farm 707, How to Induce a Glacial Period. And that's by... Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Come again? Yeah, How to Induce a Glacial Period. So the... everybody who goes to this convention is going to be able to induce their own private glacial period. So in the realm of superheroes, thing. I thought that was a great skill to learn how to do. So What does right. that mean? Is that like a controlling the weather panel or something? Well, seeing as how the glaciers cool. are melting, maybe someone's actually putting their skills together. You know, maybe it's not really global warming. Maybe it's just a concentration of Or maybe of that's acting. the title of a global warming type panel. It could be. Could be. Um, or it could be a bunch of people with a very tenuous grip on reality believing they can control the weather. Kind of like it. Butters on uh, South Park. Either plays, way. Uh, the, the Either way. Case. I'll be in Yokohama and I won't care because I'll be having fun. There you go. Okay. <laughs> okay. We will not harsh... Her mellow. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another panel that I'm interested in going to is see. That, is, is that the next one, number? No, this is just part oh, two. Panel. Another oh, panel. This is another panel. panel. section. Subsection B. Subsection. So the other one's like, let's talk about terrifying stories. And that's going to be brought to us by Reisha Shito. And please don't you know, hurt me because I'm not pronouncing your name correctly because I haven't met you yet. And Ayumi she Hattori. Listens. She's a big listener. Big fan. Ayumi who? Ayumi Hattori. Oh, okay. H-A-T-T-O-R-I. Okay. Reason number three, the people. Number three. Okay. We got to teach her pacing. She didn't learn that. Okay. Yeah. Pacing three. Yeah. Get the anticipation okay, so, up. So the people. Like we know. People. Um, I want to see the WorldCon guest of honor. Um, Who is? There are actually four of them because they've done a joint Japan, Japanese, and American. Um, so George Takai one So there are four actually. Oh. So Takayo um, Kamatsu. Love him. David Brin. Uh, Takumi yes. Shibano. She's awesome. I apologize. There's actually five of them. Um, Yoshi- Yoshitaka Amano and then Michael Whelan. 
or never the, heard of him. Will be the world okay. con guest. Yoshitaka Amano is the guy that I believe illustrated the Dream Hunters, the last uh, Sandman thing that Neil Gaiman wrote. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. is actually apparently so like I mean it's so Eastern in style oh. that. Uh, Vertigo is actually now going to adapt it with an American artist to do it as a regular, straightforward comic. Because I think the Dream Hunters is like is like Stardust was. Is that he actually wrote it as sort of a novella. And then... uh, wasn't that a Freddy Krueger movie? The no, Dream Hunters, Dream Warriors, Dream Hunters. Okay, and so then there's some new people that they're inviting. Um, Hale Stanford. Um, she's part of the Henson Company. She's going to be accompanied by Julianne Bushler, a, a master puppeteer with Henson. And Elmo, from what I hear, I think. John Davis, the creator of Jimmy Well, if I can, if I can just tie this into sure. a, to a Fanboy Planet feature, we, of course, do have uh, an interview up this week with Brian Froud, because the reason the Henson Company is appearing at Worldcon is because they've just done a 25th anniversary edition of The Dark, the Dark Crystal. Crystal, and they're trying to get uh, enough... I guess wait from fandom for a Dark Crystal too, mm. and so Froud, really? Froud told me he designed it, and uh, the script is written, and they're just waiting for a green light. So they're trying to get everybody very excited. So you can I'm go very to, excited. You can go to Fanboy Planet and read the interview with Brian Froud, who is not going to be at Worldcon, but is associated with this. Very Henson event. will be there. Will be represented. The Henson Company. The Henson will Company will be there. Company will be there yes. Um, John Davis, the creator of Jimmy Newton, Boy Genius. Neutron, Neutron excuse me. Jimmy Neutron. I think Boy Jimmy Genius. Newton was an activist in the 60s, mm-hmm. I think. He was like a Black Panther. There we go. Then the last two new people. Um, yeah, that's, that's oh, one of your yeah. guests of honors. There we are. Yeah, so uh, going to be interested. We Dream just Hunters. found the Dream Hunter on the shelves here at Elusive when Comics and Games. When you comic shop, wow, you, you use the comic shop. 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105, Santa Clara, California. So like, you can talk about comics and then just pull them off the shelf. It's there it is. wonderful. And you can actually wow. buy them and walk out of the store with it's the crazy. purchase product. No, 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 or if you're that's fast crazy enough, thought. you can just run up. No. Yeah. <laughs> Especially <laughs> with that hole in the wall. Just go! And then you have Daniel Spector and Kelly. Um, Bruler, Isn't the... that Moon Knight? No, that's uh, Daniel Weaver. They're the proprietors of Trafe Buffett Press, which is a small press producing high edition way. of science fiction and fantasy chat books. Um, chat rooms? What? Chat books. Oh, chat books. And then the last, the last person is Edward uh, Lipset. He's one of the co-owners of... Don't go there. Okay. Karandan Press, which focus, focuses on translating Japanese works into English. So the newest one, the newest anthology is Speculative Japan, Outstanding Tales of Japanese Science Fiction and Fantasy. And so he's going to introduce that at Worldcon. Very cool. That's awesome. I think at that panel, I'm going to be in the uh, food court waiting and getting some nachos. Uh, that panel would actually be over here, probably sleeping in oh, Steve's office. Oh, you're probably right. Again, I will okay. be in Yokohama. Face I won't care. Oh, Very okay. good. There you go. <laughs> All right, and then you know We're the main the, know. the main event, the Hugo Awards. So, so I will be I will be watching people win. But you'll be in Yokohama. So yeah, you won't care. Watching be, the Hugo Awards. I'll be watching oh. people win for best novel, best novella, best novel novelette, best short story, Media the best go on related and book, best dramatic presentation, and I have to say this: best fan writer, best fan writer, Chris Garcia. Best, yes, Chris Garcia. Have you been empowered with the ability to accept the award on his behalf? Oh, good move. Actually, he hasn't empowered <laughs> me to move. accept the award Chris, on his behalf. That Chris should. He yeah, should be nice. Nice touch instead of just like. Bueller? Yeah. Bueller? Unfortunately, Chris Garcia couldn't be here. However, accepting on his behalf. Accepting on his behalf. Absolutely. I think we should. 
He should empower Let's have him me. Let's that to say that he should indeed. And then I would have another opportunity because there's be Frank the power Wu. power of a trollney. Frank, oh, Frank Wu, too. Frank Wu is nominated, and we know him from his beautifully rendered illustrations he did in collaboration with Jay Lake for well, the short story collection. Mom doesn't. Mom doesn't the local know. guy. Greetings uh, from the lake, and that's available now. Greetings from Lake Wu. <laughs> All right, and yes. then the last Woo! award that presented is the John W. Campbell Best New Writers Award. Okay, and, and then Frank's not going. Are you sure Frank is? I'm not sure that Frank's not going, but if he isn't going, Frank, you should. Okay, I'm going to Frank's do going. I'm probably t- except for tomorrow. Chris. I will email mm. Frank mm. and say, "Could you empower our representative yes. to accept on your behalf?" Empower me. Empower there you me. go. All right. Um, what, if, what if she totally embarrasses all you guys and just like gets up there? And, like, I don't care. She'll oh, okay. be in Yokohama. I'll be in Yokohama, oh, okay. so she didn't care. Uh, all of all of Derek's cred in Yokohama be gone. I know, like, ruined. That. Uh, really, because we've had Michelle claiming to be me over there, and I really don't have good cred over that's, there. That's only in the nightclubs, right? You <laughs> probably have children you haven't met. What? No. <laughs> okay, and the final absolute reason why I want to go to they Japan. They look like Ewoks. Okay, final ahead. absolute puzzle reason is I'm going to be able to go to the Studio Gilby Museum tour in Mitaki. And it's about an hour away from Yokohama. So you won't be in Yokohama then. I will be leaving Yokohama and returning to Yokohama. She'll be leaving Yokohama and she won't care. Oh, okay. Studio Ghibli, where... uh, Creator um, Hayao Mizaki has given us the Oscar award winning Spirited Away, Princess Manioke, my neighboring Toro. Manioke. Manioko, thank you. Adapted into English by Neil Gaiman. It's all circling back around to Gaiman today. Right. So these will be... Fabulous reasons why I'll be going and enjoying That's myself. That's exciting. So they have a tour at Studio Ghibli. They actually have a tour. That is awesome. Door-to-door service. Do they service. have rides? Do they have rides? Take pictures at Studio Ghibli. Okay. Do they I'll have feel, like a spirited away I'll feel um, like I'll be on a ride. you get to go to? Um, they actually, they have a, I think it's called a paint or something. Can I give my top five reasons show? for going to Worldcon? What are your Can five reasons for stop you? <laughs> what are your five reasons for a Worldcon? Come on. Fish. Sake. <laughs> Uh, the nachos, Sake. Japanese chicks, <laughs> sumo wrestlers, karate, and, and nachos. And nachos, thank you. Nachos, nachos. I'm not getting the reference. It's a big Japanese. It's you don't oh, follow dude, Japanese. Japanese love the Japan nachos. And the uh, liquid oh, yeah. cheeses. They, what? What? <laughs> I don't think they really eat dairy. That's. <laughs> That's they, not have, dairy. they have cattle, yeah! they have beef. I mean, but yes, but I don't think they actually do much with. I, I don't. I we need to just explain that we're Please. kidding. Alicia, <laughs> you know, I, I thought after last week she was just about to the point of getting us. Almost, almost. almost. Moments, moments, moments. 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 It takes time. It takes, it takes time. time. Yes. Sometimes we just look like we haven't taken our medicine today. Yeah, I I didn't. To know us is to. Uh, Sort of a All right, moving edge on. No, I'm on your back, but you can't quite scratch, so you might as well live with it. Uh, so, huh? <laughs> what? okay. Speaking of irritating itches, which, which that one? Oh, I think so. Oh, you think so? All right. I, Rick apparently is not uh, cool with this, but this week it was announced. Oh, well, he's this? not cool. The director? No, 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 no. Okay, well, that's let... fine. I thought the director had an itch. Well, he does. Matt Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn. Who oh, really? Opened... You know him that well to no, call him Matt? I don't. I call him Maddie. Oh, okay. okay. Vaughn, baby. <laughs> Matthew. Pick, I call him Maddie V. Matthew Vaughn, who directed uh, Layer Cake years ago, and just this weekend, oh, past weekend, opened up Stardust, an adaptation of Neil Gaiman's novella. So we're back. Over and that movie there. tanked too, didn't it? The movie was fabulous. It was fantastic. But it tanked at the box office, right? Uh, but it was number so five. So did Blade Runner. It did, tank at the box office. It, uh, it, it did better than Hot Rod. True, true. Okay. But is it as good as Hot Rod? Yes. <laughs> Better. 
Uh, it was a great film, but uh, yeah, apparently not. But I think it's going to be one of those that's going to go onto DVD and everybody's going to go, why didn't we see that in the theater? And exactly. It's be great. Or like, why didn't I see that on weed? You know what I mean, huh? Is it one of those movies? No. It, it could be. Oh, and, okay. uh, to be fair, oh, okay. to be fair, it could be. Oh, okay. Not that I would, but. Well, me neither. No, I'm just saying. Uh, but. Uh, he was announced, Marvel Studios has hired him to direct Thor. Now, this is not his first flirtation with right. Marvel Avi Studios. Right, Arad has got something on him, I because think. Because he was going to direct X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and then he walked away for personal reasons. Meaning the script sucks. <laughs> but he did do one incredibly great thing, which is he is directly responsible for Kelsey Grammer playing the Beast. Thank you, I think. Yes, thank what? you. That was, was the best part great. of X-Men. The best? Stand. What? Yes, I didn't want yes. Frasier playing Beast. Are you that kidding? Lame. That was a perfect choice. No. Oh, my gosh. You know who was the perfect choice? We have, we have people in the store well, saying, yes, definitely. I disagree. Me. I could have done just as well, but nobody wanted to see What me. about the guy they had who played Hank McCoy in X2? Why not get him to play Beast? He looked just like Hank this McCoy. This guy's going to take you out, Lon. <laughs> like, I say, bring it. Is that guy had no pr- Can you even name that guy? Hank McCoy. No, that's not. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I... Anyway, Matthew really, Vaughn, really, really, really. going to direct... Should, no, no, okay, we're going to have a... Okay, let's have a, 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 a throwdown. Guest commentary. Guest commentary. Okay. Gentlemen, we, oh, we add to our mics... Jason. Jason from... Lon. Lon, what, what city are you from? Oh, from Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz. Lon, you'll be taking the Kelsey Grammer suck. Yes, I will take that. And Jason, you'll be taking the Kelsey Grammer with in a, excellent... In a new segment we call... Lon gets his due. <laughs> first, first, first point, we'll let Lon. The, no, let's let the guests go first because he's debating my It's my always stance. easier to go second. First point, Lon. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I like that. I didn't like Kelsey Grammer as Beast because... Sacrilege! Basically, the Beast in X3 was the Beast from the cartoon, which I wasn't really that great a fan of. And uh, the Beast I grew up reading was from, you know, old X-Men and then the George Perez uh, Avengers. And he was kind of more of a fun-loving. Yes, he was brainy, but he was always kind of a jock and kind of a ladies' man and kind of, you know, uh, the fun-loving Beast. And the Beast in X3 was the cartoon one who was all reading books from the ceiling and, oh, my stars and garters. And that's not the beast I came to know and love. Very, Go. Very good, very good. Wow. You have 30 seconds to rebut. Very good interpretation of reality. Now, <laughs> you're wrong! Jason. Jason is going to defend our point of view. All right, let's go. Great point. The reason that uh, Kelsey Grammer play, played a perfect beast is because he played an intellectual for 20 years as Frasier. But didn't he just play? Oh, no, 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 oh no, I can't. No, no, no. I can't no. rebut. You, okay, go you ahead. get a you get a final rebutting. I'm sorry. Go and, ahead. and yes, I, I do agree with and you as far as like the old beast. He, you know, he was a little bit more of a jock than the cartoon version. But like most of Marvel's movies, they base it on newer stuff rather than older stuff. As far as like uh, the Spider-Man movies. Very good. Very All good. the Spider-Man movies have been based off of mostly the Ultimate Spider-Man instead of. The original Stan Lee Very Spider-Man. If, right. I, if I may bolster... Wait, you. I need to okay. rebut. No, no, no. 15 seconds to rebut. My rebut this is, Lopez. was he playing Beast or was he just playing Frasier in Blue Fur? And that was my problem. You, you were saying no, he, was, he played the Beast. So I, didn't, I didn't see that. I saw Frasier the whole time and I got annoyed. I'm, I'm going to tell you... Hey. Now you can talk. It and fooled now, my, I took my brother. My brother was completely fooled. Did not know that was Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. Granted, he's hit his head a lot. Okay, I was going to say, I'm how do you not that. know that's Kelsey Grammer? My brother's had four concussions. But 
The other thing is... Your brother that, didn't even that, watch television. That, that I beg to differ with your interpretation of the original Hank McCoy. That was the way Jack Kirby originally envisioned him, using the big words absolutely in the, in the very early issues of X-Men. Then in the Avengers and his solo series... Uh, when he got his gray fur, and he was a party blue. boy. With he was Wonder a party Man. boy, but once he went back to Chris Claremont, about the, the gray oh my fur. stars, oh my stars and garters. No, no, no. Well, that was in the comic. That went right sure, into the comic. Sure, and he became big worded again. You probably read the X X Factor series where he took a serum that took away the fur and no, made no, him no, no. Retarded. I'm just saying, and that's what you're looking for because that's the beast you can understand. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh yeah. Oh, oh Well, okay. This wasn't called Lawn Team Up on Lawn. Who's gonna get my back here? Anybody? <laughs> I have your back, Lawn. Okay. We surrender. <laughs> what? There you go. That sounds good to me. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. You can have your you can have your Fraser in X three. I'll take. You know what? I will, I'll go this far. Hank McCoy in X2 was better than Fraser Beast in X2. Exactly. Thank you. And he looked identical to Colossus. No, he didn't. He had longer hair. The same actor. And you know, I'm just saying, I'll take that guy in X2 for one line, than Kelsey Grammer in all X3 because X3 was garbage. Okay. Yeah, that you will die bitter. And Before alone. this dissolves into a fist fight, I think we should move on. We but yes, yeah. good debating, my thank good you. man. And, and thank welcome, you. Jason. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your for your participation. No your thank time. you. To finish, there. Speaking of fist fights, the point is <laughs> the controversy over Thor is a script. Oh, by, Thor! A, a controversy over over Thor, a script apparently really good script by Mark Protasevich. Uh, Who cares? A, a, I don't know. But apparently it has been getting a lot of those who do review scripts have been saying it's a really great script. You mean script. Ain't It Cool? Let's just say it. No, they're not the only oh, one okay. coming soon, does it? Uh, IGN re- reviews scripts. There's a guy named Stax that does it. And I actually I value his opinion. But you're right. They're saying the script's good. Yeah, the script's good. <laughs> but they wanted... Now you tell me his real name because I can't remember if it's... Re- it, well, his real name's like Paul Levesque or it, something Paul like... Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque. Levesque. Better known as... Hunter Hearst Helmsley, even better known as Triple H. Or as I like to call him. <laughs> but, um. <laughs> I don't like to think about him that way. <laughs> well, it's just three H's. But, anyways, um. <laughs> we would not be his No, first... but that's just a rumor. That's nobody's. That is a rumor, but uh, that is not the first time I've heard Triple H's name attached. And the rumor to makes Thor. sense because Triple H was in Blade Three, which was a Marvel property, so that he must have some relationship. And how good was he in that? Terrible. Oh, okay, good. Something we can agree on. Tonight. Yes, very good. He's a terrible actor. He is. And he adds. He adds a uh after everything he says. Verily, and uh, uh, he's a. I get in the ring, uh, uh, and we're gonna fight. Uh, well, that may be his. Character, I don't know, boy. maybe. It's He's annoying. definitely Stanislavski method. Mm, definitely. Mm. I don't know if we can He'd say like, Stanislavski I method. say oh, the nay. Okay, you know, I flash forward five years. He'll be, he'll be this very special episode of Inside the Actor's Studio. We'll be eating crow. Uh, no, but, uh, yeah, Vaughn was, like, saying no way. No way we're getting Triple H's Thor. That is, yes, and I'm, I'm glad of that. Who would you then want to see as Thor? Okay. I'm thinking the only guy that can pull it off realistically in the comic world right now, or Woody in the movie Harrelson. world, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, yes, on weed. No, um, no, uh, Carl Urban. I could see that. Carl Urban worked with Peter Jackson. He looked like Thor, a Thorish type Norseman in Lord of the Rings or whatever. You know, he just did Pathfinder, so he's and in shape. He was also in that. Uh, he's a tall, Chronicles like. Of Riddick. 
He's like a tall, like, Nor- he's, he's probably from Norway. Nordic. I don't even know. I mean, he's a Nordic-looking Nordic. dude. Nordic. And he can semi-act. I mean, if you can work with Peter Jackson, you can deliver decent lines. I mean... Clean him up just a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so... And he's he, not a bad actor. No, no. No. I mean, he was in Doom, and, you know, he was in some bad movies. And, and it's, but he was also in Lord of the Rings. So, I don't I mean, know if this includes the script. It would be the same thing like the Shazam situation, because you also need someone who can play Don, Donald Blake... Because they should not physically. Oh yeah, two different actors got to be two. Oh yeah, Josh Hartnett, Donald Blake. No, okay. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer. We need some we'll star power. Oh yes. No, we should get uh, what's Fraser's brother's name? Niles. David, we'll get Niles David to play Hyde Donald Pierce. Blake. David Hyde Pierce would be a great Donald Blake. Oh man. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Thank you. It, it should be the kid from the new the new guy that. Uh, from Saved by the Bell. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> Screech? No. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, that guy that's like really really skinny and a big beak. He was in, he was in a movie called The New Guy. Oh, DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls. DJ Qualls. No, but Donald Blake wasn't a frail weakling, was he? No, he's not. He was a doctor with a he's limp. Just, but you're gonna talk about a great. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the, the Hulk. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, Thor. Right. Well, the Hulk is you know. No, Edward Donald Jordan Blake again. was kind of a swinging doctor, wasn't he? Wasn't he kind of a uh, hip he dude? He was a serious doctor. He was, he was a serious doctor, wasn't he? he was Ed Norton. He was literally Norton. lame. You know, that's the whole point, is he, he was crippled. Right, and, right. You know, that was the, that was the little flaw that, that Stanley gave him, his punishment. He had to teach Thor humility. Right. I think Carl Urban can do it, and I think realistically, when they're going to cast this, unless they find some unknown who's totally awesome and ripped... I think you're going to see Carl well, Urban as Thor. Them, it doesn't take actors very long to get ripped. I mean, they work with a trainer, and they just... I mean, But, they, I mean, no, but he has to be imposing, too. So you need somebody who's, like, 6'5 and ripped, too. So, I mean... Eric Allen Kramer is uh, still... He's a little old. <laughs> <laughs> that was the guy who played it in Return of the Incredible. You are a Zorlak! Zorlak! Boom! You knew his middle name, even! <laughs> well, that's his stage name. It wow. Is, he's, we always build as Eric Allen Kramer. For those of you who weren't paying attention, that's the guy who played the Thor in the original... What was it? Trial of the Trial. Incredible Return, Hulk? Return of the Incredible Hulk. Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, was Daredevil. Smith, Daredevil. Right, right. A very good, gosh, a very good Daredevil. By the it way, was much good. better than any of the movies, or the movie. <laughs> any of the it movies. feels like there were several, it doesn't like it? Many, I'm lumping Electra in there. Mm. Uh, yeah. All right, what do we have after? <laughs> our, moving on. <laughs> I just want to talk. It just came out this week. Uh, just a comic related thing. Back to the X Men, if we can bring out is that uh, an X Men pop up book came out this week. It's one over there. And uh, well, I don't think it's the actual book. I think it's the little Oh, um, that was the that was the promotional one. And we have some over there cuz they sent us a bunch and I brought them here so that customers that were interested could get them. Uh, so it's an interesting coffee table kind of thing. I they sent me a full copy of the book. I, I don't get it. There's a Spider-Man one too and there's going to be a Fantastic Four one in a couple of months and I gotta say that there's there's no story. It's just sort of like it's just stuff leaping off the it's page. Like, at yeah, you. it's like a, and in this centerfold, it's Wolverine. Yeah. Snicked, you know, and then oh, so it doesn't like add to the story. You don't you pull the tab and his his blades come in and out. Uh, no, you pull the tab and it reveals the origin. They don't even. There's not even action. Oh, they're, they're not, they're so it's almost like an encyclopedia unfold. kind yeah. of, or like yeah. A, is it's it kind of lame. Is it Doris Kimberly? Or? I can't remember who the who the publisher is. He's probably on that. But well, uh, all I know is all the kids I, I hang out with. Mega stores. They've got big displays for them. But uh, I don't know. You teach. I teach. I mean, tell yeah. me the truth. I mean, all the kids we hang out with, they they constantly come up to us and go, "Why aren't there more pop up books? Don't they? Don't they do that to you? They don't. Not okay, really, no, never no, mind. No. I, I guess no. I was wrong. 
But yeah, what were they thinking? Pop-up book? The kids actually come up to me and say, when's Neil Gaiman going to write more Sandman? Well, your kids are weird. Yeah. But um, These kids are girls. When is Jonan going to do more Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? When is Jonan? Uh, is Jonan. Oh, okay. Um, oh, you know. I'm just saying. Vasquez? Haven't we made this argument Vasquez. before that kids don't read? So Hence, why are we? Books would be perfect. I know, well, I think, but even they're afraid wrong. of books. I think they're just I, I, they're like they're not high end collectibles, but I just don't, I'm not quite sure who the audience is for. It is, it is recreating uh, mostly Dave Cocker. Right, I was going to say the art was from Dave. Yeah, Dave Cocker. As the Spider Man one was mostly Ditko with some Ramita thrown in, but Ditko. You know, it's one of those odd types of collectibles because it's really going to matter if that's been played with or not went down the road because they mm-hmm. break, they get soft. Mm-hmm. They, I don't know about you, but I play shape. with every pop-up I get. They're, an yeah, odd, I they're on an odd shape so that they actually... So. <laughs> that you put it on the shelf <laughs> and it wedges out. So it doesn't even fit well on your yeah. shelf. You guys kind of talked over that, but it's cool. Whatever. Yes! yes. <laughs> For a reason, Lon! Damn it. All right. Okay. <laughs> Good heavens. Ha! <laughs> huh. Another I gotta thing, find ways to entertain myself. Another here, okay. thing that uh, that Marvel He's released possessed. that He's Marvel like released this Goodson. week <laughs> is, uh, of course, Doctor Strange the DVD. The animated film came out, and we this have week. all been asking for that one, haven't we, guys? Huh? Yeah, I believe sure. here's what I asked on Monday was what. Well, I called Lon. Lon said, "Hey, you still want to hang out tonight?" I said, "Well, I gotta watch this Doctor Strange DVD." And he goes, "I'll pass." <laughs> true story. True, true story. story. True story. Funny if it ends there, but and and, and no, and I, and I ended up uh, transcribing the Brian Froud interview instead, so I still had seen it. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, oh, you haven't I, seen it? I didn't watch it. I thought that the whole reason it was on the list was that you'd seen it. and We were going to talk about. It. We have to acknowledge it. All right. We talk- Here's what I know. On the commercial, Doctor Strange has a sword. Why? Explain that to me. Does he ever carry swords around? Maybe it's part of the story. Wait, it, it might be, but I'm just saying, is, is that the way to like beef up the action and Doctor Strange give him a weapon? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We I think it's a little too early to tell. Where's, where's Dave? Dave, was there like a Doctor Strange in one of the Hulk books? Uh, like, I think the one I just read, the one with the, the Renegades. Hulk. An ad for it? There might have been an ad for it right there. Can you grab that book? The the no, no, the whole the right Doctor Strange there. DVD. Yeah, I, I think, think it's. it's in I think it's even in the DC books this week. Oh yeah! Okay. Look, he's got a lightsaber. Yeah, he's got a magical. Sword. Well, he is fighting uh, Baron Mordo, no, who has a red. No, like he's fighting uh, the yeah. the Mandarin again. No, from the Iron the Man movie. That's the Baron because you got the, uh, you the Baron old, Mordo. You got the old one back there. Mordo, watching. Mordo. is Baron Mordo he's Asian? His uh, I don't know what Mordo is. Eastern European, Slavic, yeah, I yeah, believe. Slavic. I, I conducted you know, some interviews with the guys. I've transcribed those with the, the director and the writer, as well as Craig Kyle, who oversees all the animation. And they were they kept stressing that Mordo is like some kind of Slavic thing. I just yeah. think that uh, it's pretty weak that uh, you can't make a DVD of the character without making him more weapony and kick-ass. It's I am, like... I am a little worried by the two dragons on the cover because I've already seen far too many dragons in the Marvel... Uh, Especially in the DC. last uh, well, the, the Iron, Iron Man, Man DVD. Man that, and then we watched the previous Is this the same Doctor company? Yes. Same yeah. company doing it? Uh, same director, I believe. I wonder if they're just like, alright, we got dragons. We drew a whole bunch of dragons. Add them to the Doctor Strange movie. Woohoo! Maybe. I don't know. But so, next week we'll probably have a little bit more detail. We talk about it. Yeah. I'm just being negative. 
for the sake of really? being negative. Yeah. Thanks, I, thanks I for the clarification. Ne- I have never noticed that. If I watch that movie and it's good, I will eat crow and come on here and be like, oh my God, it was the best movie ever. Spouting feathers as But you I do. will tell you right now that it's not. Okay. Maybe. We're going to have to have a Doctor Strange marathon now and okay, watch it. Okay, we'll have um, to have a screen. Maybe we can screen it tonight. Really? Maybe. All right. I'd like that. Um, <laughs> of other things going on here. Oh, Rick, come on. Uh, now, I don't know if this is going to... I'm just st- stunned. I, I, I don't know if this is going to start an argument tonight or not. Oh, yeah. But We're going there. But Sci-Fi debuted. <sighs> yes. Flash Gordon. Okay, we haven't talked about this. We have not. We, we have watched no it. idea. I have not seen it, but okay. I heard... I but talked to somebody who did. Yeah, let's let's uh, we'll, we'll do. You guys a, go and I'll chime in. We do uh, like you want to do a count of three, thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> no. Well, I am. First of all, for our listeners at home, please explain what you're talking about. Okay, okay the Flash Gordon, the classic Alex Raymond, uh, the classic Alex Raymond comic strip uh, from the from the 30s, which has been remade several times. There were like three movie serials starring Buster Buster, Buster Crab, Crab, right? Buster Crab, very classic stuff with the famous spaceships with sparklers. The sparkler. Yeah, those. The the, but that's that's Flash Gordon. Right? That's Flash, Flash Gordon. Gordon. Then it was there was a TV series in the fifties. There was an animated series, and of course, a lot of pivotal. people. A lot of a lot of people in retrospect claim you know like critics claim that the movie sucked, but nineteen eighty, good lord, that Flash Gordon with Sam J. Jones is awesome. Last week on DVD, Universal released the Savior of the Universe edition. Uh, which I'm excited. I told I, I told Sky, my wife said we're getting a copy of this. She goes, wait a minute. Is that the one where he sticks his hand in and yes? Goes, and I said, yeah, ha, full Jabaron. And she goes, that is one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> and our marriage is now cemented in stone. It's a you know. <laughs> so. I was you know it's funny is uh, Dave who went with us down to Comic Con. Dave. Dave Tapia. Yes. <laughs> um, mentioned that I guess Sci-Fi showed the old '80s movie first before the premiere. Well, they showed it Friday night at the con. They did show. No, it no, no. The, I mean the this flight. last Sunday. Uh, when it, no, when it no, last Friday they did not. They showed, they okay. showed the pilot twice. Okay, because so on Sunday, oh, when, maybe. They, sh- okay. when they showed it on Sunday, they showed the 80s movie first, and then the new show it's right on, after. It's on Friday nights at 9, it's the first run, but they're probably repeating it later. Okay. okay. Yeah. But, and he said that pretty much the old one still holds up, and then you guys can talk about the new one, because okay. I haven't seen it. Well, Sci-Fi, for one thing, they used the Queen song. Where? Uh, in the commercials. Only in the and, commercials. And only in the commercials. But it was so they somebody else doing it. And it's not even Queen. They won't, yeah. they won't have to pay residuals that way. It's a cover of the Queen many, song. It's a cover of the Queen song. And so I, but it, I was at least excited by that. Like, maybe they've got that whole campy feel. I'm with you. And they know what's going on. Yeah. And so you're then, with me. And then you watch the commercial. They show it. They go, and now, Flash Gordon. And then just kind of this little... <laughs> as, the, as the title flashes across the screen, not even flashes, it goes. So it wasn't really flashy then. <laughs> huh? It wasn't very much. No, very quietly. And I believe I believe this this has a budget of a dollar seventy three. Yeah, uh, Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> it is very much because I as again we I put it on the PBR ask and I watched it. PBR? The Pabst Blue Ribbon? No, PBR. Oh. The personal video recorder. Oh, got it. Yeah. And uh, I lived on there, and Sky called me this week and said, you know, did you watch it? I said, yeah. Why'd you save it? I said, well, I thought maybe you'd want to watch it. Because if nothing else, it's every minor character that ever appeared on Smallville is going to be in Flash Gordon. So very Canadian. Very clearly a Vancouver production. Including Flash himself, who was in the first season of Smallville as Lana Lang's boyfriend. 
and I thought he was much better here. Like I was very iffy about him, but I thought that he could be a good Flash Gordon. He wasn't a bad Flash Gordon, but he's the in a story, bad the version story of was Flash a very Gordon. Bad Flash Gordon story. Ming, really? That's the scary Despo. Yeah. All right. Just some older. Is it Despo or Despot? It's not Despot. It's Despo. Seriously? Yes. I never knew that. Okay. Anyway. He's just some so now you know some fluffy. He looks like Richard Hatch, like they got yeah. they got Apollo from ba- the original Battlestar Galactica. Grade him up, put him in. He's not even evil. He's just more like he's kind of manipulative. So he's not merciless. He's passive aggressive. Yeah. And, 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 and the most threatening he was 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 when he threatened his daughter. That was that yeah. was the most threatening in the whole. Thing. I'll take away your iPod. Yeah, you'll be. You was know, it as threatening as like annoyed. Alec Baldwin threatening his daughter, or was uh, not no, nearly not as threatening? So. <laughs> and that's and that's that's one of the problems. I didn't mind the changes with the Dale Arden Flash Gordon relationship. I thought that was well, fine for a long term series. That would certainly add to some tension. Very well, a good yeah, scripting like thing. Cousins. No, oh, they're, okay. they're ex they, high they, school sweethearts. High school sweethearts. She's, she's engaged. She's engaged okay. to some a cop. It's okay. But care. they're traveling. They're going to travel back and forth to Mongo way too easily. And by Mongo, yeah. we mean to a room in a different sound no, no, stage. No, 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 no. <laughs> we get to go to a forest somewhere, seen through a red <laughs> filter on the camera. Yes, okay. it's like okay. Oh, we must be in the Mongo because everything's a little the red. Original Star Trek. Can I ask you guys a question about, though? Yeah, let yeah. me let me stop right there. Was this the pilot? Yes. Yes. Could it possibly get better? You think in I, the next I, episode? I like a comic book. I will give it three episodes. Yeah. I will. I will watch. Because usually, like, if they don't have a lot of money, they sell. You know, they there use the pilot to sell the series. But I thought that they changed. I mean, Zarkov. You know what? Let, let, let's run it down though, because I really want to oh, talk bring about it, the, break production, it down, the production values in this. That robot that was threatening Flash's mother. There are scarier things in amusement parks that don't move their okay, feet. Okay, but you know what? I, okay, yes, and I was just at Universal's House of Horrors. Very frightening. Yes, but and you don't threaten Flash's mother. No, right. you don't. But they did with a robot. <gasps> but if if there was more stuff like that, like that's the only real thing that was, with technology. Yeah, the, and the travel between Mongo and Earth it is through a weird little portal through that they portal. can bring up but kind you know, of randomly. And you know that's con- uh, now they don't have to do spaceships. I don't mind that as a plot device because if you if you if think it's of, told well, sure. If you think about it, a planet coming into our solar system would do far more damage just that's by true. existing. That's true. But you uh, could have had a different story. But I want to have. Space. But you it's know what? Flash I want Gordon, Flash I want Gordon. It's, it's it's over the top space opera, and this took the Battlestar Galactica. Theory of, it was a rip off of Stargate. Uh, let's strip it down to its most yes. intimate emotion. But that's not Flash Gordon. No. That's just not Flash Gordon. No. We know who Flash Gordon is. Flash Gordon has a sword. Even though he's on a planet with ray guns, <laughs> yeah. he's carrying a sword. That actually and he's wasn't wearing a, a starburst on his. I mean, that wasn't a sword. What? He picked up a piece of wreckage. Uh, maybe. Fighting with maybe. It. The but, one character that I thought really has some potential is the one that's played by Christian Cliche, I guess it is. The, the cliche? Yeah. yeah. How weird. But it's true. That's her name oh. is, is Christian Cliche. Cliche. Yeah. The bounty she's hunter. She's a bounty hunter from Mongo. And apparently and, she's going to stay on as part of the regular cast. So maybe there's some, But she looks too much like Aura. I mean, it's hard yeah, to tell Yeah, it was them really apart. hard to tell. <laughs> it's really hard to tell them apart. You two sisters? And, is because, that and come Flash's mom is played by the woman who's playing Maggie Sawyer on Smallville. So it's, you know, all this kind of like... Incestuous. It's no, very, it's like deja vu. It, like, it was oh, very much deja vu. I'm waiting for the cigarette smoking man to show up. And I... But I, I wanted you, it I, to be more fun than it was. But I'm willing to give it... Some time because again, I think that Eric Johnson, who's playing Flash, 
could do it. I found him far more likable here than I ever found him on Smallville. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, and he's I playing that, much more likable And I thought that character. Dale Arden was an okay character, and I just... And the Princess Ari was okay. She could she could develop into something interesting. She's okay. sexy. Final recommendation? But Ming... Oh, lordy. Yeah. Let's kill that Ming yeah, and right. reveal that he's a puppet, exactly. and Geppetto has actually been controlling him. <laughs> Hollywood, Derek is calling. Please... Oh, come on. Because it's not even Hollywood. It's like sci-fi. It's, but you think about it. I mean, come on. Yeah, so just Max von Sydow. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, he wasn't Asian. And it was just, he was in those big silk robes. And that guy was having so much fun filling who had, the screen. Who owed this guy a favor that he got that That role. guy, the guy playing Ming in this, can't Tri- even fill Triple a 12-inch black and white television. Triple can't H would have been a better Ming. iPod screen. Triple H as Ming, I'm there. He'd have gone, Flash <laughs> Take her to my chambers. Uh. <laughs> That'd be cool. Heck, you know, I mean, anybody. I mean, heck, Eugene would have been a better, <laughs> a bit of better Ming. So, final recommendation: give it a couple more weeks. We'll come back to this. Oh. We'll come back to this and discuss it. Will it yep. be around in a couple more weeks? I, I have a bad feeling because about it got this. trashed online. I felt that Flash Gordon was in trouble, honestly, because at Comic Con. And you cannot get a better focus group of geeks. They did not show this pilot with only two weeks to go before they were going to... I thought they were having a screening, no? They showed, they showed some footage from it. Mm. But they did show, like, the full bionic woman. They showed that... Uh, that really? Wrist. They showed the full bionic know. woman? Yes. I'll have a review of that next week. I gotta, gotta uh, Dave was... Tapia was telling me that uh, they showed, like, upcoming clips from future episodes. And they said the, the people that are supposed to be the Hawkmen... Were like oh yeah they got kind of like a bat wing yeah he said they were like he said they were like matrix ripoffs then those are no hawkmen <laughs> gordon's alive i mean i need brian blessed easy tiger Thanks for showing an old bird new trick <laughs> attack wave one dive you know come on wow i love that film that's awesome so because really, it comes right out of the original source sci-fi it, it's true it really does and it was one of the first that they you know the, even the title sequence where they're showing the alex raymond art i even forgive them the football scene that oh was, yeah that I was mean, awesome what are you talking because, about because you know i mean what did flash gordon originally play he was an athlete originally what was he uh lacrosse polo polo he was a polo okay. player so really i'm gonna go fencing i'm far cooler with the football player flash gordon than I am the lacrosse. And then you had a strange excuse for the lightning bolt across his chest. Come on. That's what we need instead of, well, I'm in a cool leather jacket and, oh, Ming's but got here's, one too. Here's and, the whole thing. Because Ming could walk onto a battle star. You know, he could fight Cylon just as easily and that was the problem. It was like, what costumes aren't you using this week, guys? Thanks, BSG. And, <laughs> no, but you're here's, right, here's right. the bottom line, though. Flash Gordon is fun. Was, yes. Was this show fun? No. No. Okay. It's It's doomed. No, okay. There, it's I've, doomed. I've, but it could, it could get better. I've certainly seen pilots that I didn't like that the show did hit a groove, but I, I, I don't have hopes, and I'm very upset and disappointed by that. You are better off right now, either buying the Savior of the Universe edition. Or I'm going to buy that. That animated filmation one that we've talked about before. That's excellent. That's on DVD, and, and that's really right out of the storyline. And that is fantastic. And so, it, you know, is that the one with the Defenders of the Universe? No, they, I mean, Flash Gordon is one of the Defenders of the Universe, but that was animated by a different company. Oh, okay. but there is a solo Flash Gordon series from 1980 hmm. that follows the plot line of Alex Raymond's. Keeps introducing new characters. 
characters and they all and, build and for all the eventual the all the different worlds of me. Mongo yeah. and you know I mean and this is centralized this is the thing is they've changed that base. I mean what a cool concept that originally was Mongo goes around it's like in a world he didn't create well he destroys planets Mongo and is. takes like continents from them and puts them on Mongo so you, that's why you have all the different races and none of that's there. And this, it's just like, oh, he's just the last city, and he controls the water supply. And oh my gosh, it's Chinatown, you know. <laughs> so, and Aura is his daughter. She's his sister. She's his. Do- I don't know. So, uh, okay, well, know. we're spending way too much time on this turd. All right, well, moving on. You've inspired passion. I know you don't know what that's like normally, but come on. Not really. Oh no. Uh, I'm very emotional. Uh, but you know what? There is a passion you have this week. And, what? And because it's not tracking particularly well, let's give it all the publicity we can. Not tracking we well. Fa- we failed with Hot Rod for you. But well, that was after the fact. Though. That was after the fact. Let's talk about something before the fact. It'll probably go up the day that it opens, but that's okay because well, you got time. Please. I don't know what else I can say about this movie. We've been pimping this movie. We are pimping it again. Super bad. I'm so excited. Super bad. Awesome. Fantastic. I mean, we, I also wrote a kick-ass review. The kick-ass review is available on Lon Mon- Lopez's it's kick-ass on, it's reviews. It's on moreonlife.com and cranboyplanet.com. Cranboy if Planet? You, it, fanboy Planet. Fanboy Planet, Planet, right. If you'd like to read it with proper punctuation and spelling, read, read it, it on fanboyplanet.com. Fanboy if you'd like to read it like a you know drunken text message, moreonlife.com. Nice. <laughs> a drunken text message. Do you like my body? <laughs> Still, though, not as bad as the average draft I get from Chris Garcia this of this falls count anywhere. So, you, you know, I'll give you credit. Yeah, but just to, I mean, like I said, I've been pimp- pimping this movie for the last few weeks. I mean, we started in the summer movie preview all the way back in, like, yeah. May. Said I wanted to see it. Finally saw it. You know, we gave it in the Comic-Con wrap-up. I said we loved it. And it comes out this Friday. Go see I mean, if you like fun, Okay. It's a teen movie by all means, but it's not your typical teen movie in the sense of like it's American Pie, where American Pie kind of went for the lowbrow. Yeah. This still has the lowbrow, by no means. But what's great about this is if you like yeah. Judd Apatow productions type stuff. There's all the depth. There's a depth. Yeah, they add depth. There's heart. There's, you know, it's one of those things where it's real. You know, it's just like Freaks and Geeks. Any of you guys that like that show, Freaks and Geeks? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Any, anytime you, you know, you watch that, it was so, you watch that and go, that was so real. That it was like, you know. Oh, that, heck, I lived it, Lon. Exactly. <laughs> it really was my year so of life. So it resonates. And so <laughs> Super Bad, you know, Super Bad makes, you know, it has the, the, the teen comedy and will make all the teens happy because it's got all the cursing and the and all the fun stuff. But at the same time, it's, it keeps it it keeps it real. And it's probably the best of a potentially good weekend for fans, you think, because we've also got this last Legion coming out, the true story of Excalibur. Another King Arthur movie? Which, Didn't we no, just no, have a Roman King Arthur? It's about the this sacking is the of Rome. true story of Excalibur. No, with Colin Firth. Wasn't the other one supposed to be the Colin, true story? With Colin Firth. No, it's the true story of Excalibur, not of King Arthur. Didn't they have, in the commercial, they have a little kid pulling out yeah, a sword? Yeah, it's the origin of the sword, but, oh, but I'm going to tell you something, it's not screening for critics. So despite the presence of Colin Firth... It's doomed. It's doomed. It's doomed. That is a bad indicator. That is a very bad indicator. One movie they did screen for critics that opens this week is The Invasion, the third remake of The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. With Nicole Kidman. With Nicole Kidman and And Daniel Craig. And Keith Urban. No, I'm kidding. And Daniel Craig. He does the soundtrack. They'll be teaming again this winter for The Golden Compass, which looks really good. Don't take my brain. Isn't that how it goes? Isn't he a country guy? That was Billy Race. Whatever. They all sound the same. Zorak Country Western! (laughs) Okay, uh... Whose daughter Miley Cyrus has a he has a number one album. We right don't now. care. She's, Anyways, yeah, so she's on the Disney uh, Channel. Uh, anyway, you so saw, I saw it. I saw Tell the us. Last Give night. it up. I found it very tense, very very tense, and yet 
it makes very little sense. It, I mean, it doesn't. It's, so it's tense, but it makes no sense. Tense, Got but it. No sense. <laughs> uh, it's uh, the previous three. That was versions, my Johnny Cochran review. The, the previous three versions were pods. They've updated it now to a to an uh, outer space uh, spore of disease bacteria. Yeah. So I mean, it has the chance for great metaphor. The original one, most people interpret as being sort of a communist, right? Uh, you know, metaphor. Watch the sky. The nineteen seventy eight was was about you know kind of the fitting feel, in the feel good no. fitting in and you know complacency of of all the different materialism movies. um you know then the one that, not a lot of people have seen the one uh that with was billy worth snatchers with billy worth and billy uh, worth is a helicopter pilot and uh, uh i saw that one forrest, i sucked it not forrest tucker uh the guy that just won the forrest Oscars, whitaker forrest whitaker was he in that the, yeah yeah he's a psychiatrist oh. in that in a on an army base so it's about the, again that you know, falling in step. Here, the army are the heroes uh, in this version. Wow! Where yeah, you can't become, make a movie or it's anti-army right now. Be, you can't. Mm-mm. Where it's become very back, very bacteria, <coughs> or, and so basically, you know, you get infected, and over if you go into deep REM sleep, they take over. Um, and uh, Nicole Kidman is in the lead. And they've changed some of the things for the first time. The psychiatrist is the hero. She is the actual. Hero. Wait, you mean the main actor in the movie is the hero? Huh, that's no, funny. no, no, no. It, it is the fact that they've switched over to psychiatrist, where the psychiatrist in the remake was uh, was, oh, Leonard was. Ne- was Leonard Nimoy, and he was oh, he was, he was a baddie. So you're saying the psychiatrist is played by Forrest Whitaker? For, uh, it was played by Forrest Whitaker in the third one, in the one that was there. Uh, not the invasion. No, uh. not the invasion. Hang on, I've just about got this flow charted. I know it's right. complex. Point is, this was a movie which was shot by a French director who made a film right back, about four or five years ago. Jo- uh, Joel Silver, the producer, didn't like it. Had the Wachowski brothers come in and reshoot it, reshoot half of it. I just saw Invasion. It was very good. Everyone, <laughs> oh, no! everyone, go Don't see it. Don't fall asleep. Uh, it comes out in theaters August seventeenth. <laughs> you must all go see it. The so, Invasion. Very tense, very scary, but it My ultimately doesn't. Ultimately doesn't fit together it just sort of like there are things you can tell the difference they say the Wachowski brothers rewrote it and shot and reshot half of it and you can tell that there's a huge stylistic jump back and forth between so if we're going to see the film that we really that we were supposed to see hopefully the DVD (coughs) will have like the original cut which will be more moody hey what's up guys I'm back I I don't know are you all right? oh what no I just you know the the funny thing is that by the way there really is uh, a psychological phenomenon called Capgrass syndrome where you believe that your loved ones have been replaced by a duplicate and that they're not. and Oh, my God, that explains everything. <laughs> yes. I've got to call my mother. Well, a former Saturday Night Live actor, Tony Rosato, is current, has been in jail in Canada for two years because he's been suffering from it, and the legal system was so screwed up in there that he's just... That he his wife initially uh, accused him of assault it was because he believed she was a duplicate, <coughs> and instead of getting psychiatric help, he was just locked away in prison for two years. So uh, you know it's a very real what's, thing. What's it called again? Because I want to use this uh, when I get locked up for <laughs> punching somebody. Capgrasses syndrome. Capgrasses syndrome. C-A-P- so just remember, Captain America and grass, grass. with one S. Capgrasses. C A P G R A S. It's also called Capgrasses delusion. Got it. Uh, and so you ain't gonna get me this time, coppers. <laughs> so one of the things that one of the things that makes this movie different is that as soon as they're starting to take over, too, is that they immediately accept. Oh yeah, there's an alien invasion going on, and I felt kind of like, be careful what you wish for, because I always watch this kind of movie and I go, haven't you seen an invasion movie before? Don't you see the signs of an invasion? And here they do, and I go, that's really not what I was hoping would happen. I mean, it was just sort of like it was all like. 
Very casual. Oh, yeah, the military's reporting, yeah. Yeah, there's invasion all over the place. We believe it's uh, biologically based, and it's this little four. And, like, Called bad exposition is bad what that exposition. is. Well, if but, you look online right now, I think they are uh, recruiting for Homeland Security, and they're kind of ramping up on that. So mm, maybe they're riffing well, off maybe. the current day. Well, yeah, and because the, the big villains here, the first guy infected is, is the head of the CDC. So America's the Convenient. bad guy, and he's you know, and it's really it is really weird because he has like all the people coming to you know, this is this new flu epidemic, and we need this new vaccine. Flu, and they're coming, Convenient. and they're coming to talk about the flu vaccine, and they're, and they're serving coffee, and you see the waiters have all been taken over, and they're <laughs> in the back with the with the thermoses of coffee vomiting into them oh. to spread so that they're. Oh, it's bad enough when that happens sports. in real life. I was going to say. <laughs> Don't yeah. piss off your waiters, yeah, people. So that, and that's early on. So, I mean, there's some really nice, creepy things, and it's just sort of, but it just, you know. I you know think the, in a movie where the hero, where the protagonist is a psychiatrist, when the person comes and complains about my husband isn't my husband, now that psychology and psychiatry has acknowledged this syndrome, you'd think there would at least be a nod to the fact. That no, there's sounds like a bad thing. script. Yeah, it does feel. And it didn't, didn't, wasn't there reported that, like, they had to go back and reshoot? I said, I said scenes? that twice. Did you Both say that? times that you walked away. Oh, being sorry. Funny, doing your bit. Yes, the Wachowski <laughs> I wasn't brothers, here. The Wachowski brothers Wait, added action. Wait, somebody else was here in my place. The Wachowski brothers added action, and it and it's at odds with the rest of the film. They're supposed to be the pod people or the spore people are supposed to be very passive. Quick, best invasion movie. Uh, Mars Attacks. They Live. Thank uh, you. They, they Live is good. Yeah, I'll go for They Live. They live. Over Mars Attacks. Live yeah. Yes. Mars Attacks is a good slap, slapstick funny... But that's kind of like an invasion of the Body Snatchers movie, too. or kind of, Well, I mean, like... A, a well, they're already here. Yeah. Yeah. I like that better. And uh, I've also watching this, thought, you know, uh, do we have no actual American actors to play Americans anymore? Because you've got Nicole Kidman. Aussie. Uh, Daniel Craig at least plays with his accent. Aussie. Is, is still British in the film. Jeremy Northam, who is a Brit. Brit. Is the head of the CDC uh, Mario Lopez? Roger uh, Mexican Roger Reese appears oh. uh, as a Russian ambassador, and then but we do have uh, Samuel Wright, Jean Reno, French, who plays better than anyone the idea of ambivalent self righteousness. Well, why is it such a big deal? World. I mean, we have non Asian characters playing Asian characters, non black people playing black people. Not we have what? Excuse anymore. me, who's non black people? What? What what white guys played a black guy in recent history? There was the jazz singer. I remember that one. Uh, C. Thomas Howell in Soul Man. There yes. we go. Okay. Uh, like to, After that, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm just making an observation. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I mean, Bruce what what Asian guys? What non-Asian guys are playing Asian roles? John Wayne in the no, uh, that was like 50 years ago. Uh, yeah, Marlon Brando in Tea House of the August Moon. Oh, I believe he was a dynamite else. zucchini. And the show comes to a screeching halt. Alicia, now tell me, okay? Go ahead. Give me this. uh, You know what? Don't don't bash Jonathan Saigon. I think uh, Jason Scott Lee was actually Filipino and not uh, Chinese. Lou Diamond Phillips, not actually Mexican, when he played. Uh, Richie Valens. He became Mexican later. Yeah. He's no. actually not oh, okay. So yeah, so we might have something there. Hollywood might be up to something. I think it's an invasion of the people that I love. I mean, how many people on Sopranos are actually Italian? You know what I mean? Uh, well, many. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so there you have it. I'm just curious. Eddie Murphy in the clumps. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and Norbit. You're really going. <laughs> 
Actually, people I know he's actually the, the uh, bastard son of uh, Rosemary and Don Knotts, and uh, he's been posing. What? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. uh, Rosemary's birthday today, by the way. What? Is it really? It is. Rosemary's birthday? Today. Who the hell is Rosemary? She's on the Dick Van Dyke Show. Oh, got it. That's for our few listeners. You know, the listeners old enough to get this, Joe, don't know how to download a podcast. So, mm. <laughs> Grandma, this one's for you. Hey, I know how to. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I believe that brings us to the end of our program. Once Thank you've insulted Rick. <laughs> well, so, actually. Um, you have more. I, I wanted to ask. Number 1. 1.5. <laughs> what was your name? That's. Debbie. Debbie, Debbie. Debbie. Um, the lovely Debbie. My Brett lovely Snyder. Snyder. We, were, we were talking about um, Costume Con earlier and how you were a member of a Bay Area um, Costumers Guild. Costumers yes, Guild. I am. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I was talking about the costuming that's going to be at World Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, the um, International Costumers Guild just put out their uh, you know, bi-monthly, bi-monthly uh, newsletter, and it actually has a... Um, schematic of uh, what the stage is going to be like at the Worldcon um, in Japan. And um, they were strongly... in Yokohama. Yes. They were strongly recommending that people don't... It does learn. <laughs> that people don't wear their costumes anywhere but in the few little... The halls that the, that the convention's going to be, like not to wander around Japan in your costume. Big Godzilla problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They Big kaiju problem. Big kaiju problem. They were saying that the Japanese population really is not into that whole costuming thing that we are to the extent the Americans are. So yeah. not to do that. Right. Well, I don't know if they have that online yet, the um, schematic for the stage. I'm Those are great sound effects, Rick. Where did you find the sounds of paper I, shuffling? It's but they all on papershuffling.com. <laughs> I'm going to guess no. the stage is a rectangular shape, and it has two sides and they have the stage you've, left and stage you've right. obviously never oh. worn a costume with five feet I've wings. I've done many true. Halloweens, that, that with young five lady. feet wings where you are in your headdress is how, how five feet tall. How wide is your Kool-Aid man and, outfit? I, yes, the Kool-Aid man outfit barely fit through a door. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've cosplayed By the way, nice little day. thing on VO uh, last week. Oh, thank you. I was interviewed. I'm popular. They have yeah. they have like a couple of lines of details about the stage and like the, the restraints of the costumes or the constraints, I should say, of the right. costumes, but okay. not like, the schematic that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, the interna- uh, ICG, the International Customers Guild. So they may have something on their website, which I don't know off the top of my head. We're going to have to and call the chairman. Aren't we actually having a costume con here? Yes. Sometime in April. Uh, April, I don't remember the exact dates, but in April we're having the costume con. And it'll be at the Double Tree in San Jose. The favorite place for geek conventions. Yes. Absolutely. And rappers, yes. apparently. I'll tell you later off the mic. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You're, yes, you're and, a closet and, rapper. And I had a friend that used to bartend over there, P Diddy, and uh, Missy Elliott would always come in when they did you shows can't in town. Let these guys throw you, Deb. No, you got to keep going. Just, just barrel through us. Barrel through us. Alicia's learned. <laughs> so it's. Oh, what costume con are we at? 26? 20, 26? 28? 26? I can't remember. But yeah. it's in April. Yeah. The it's the April one at the Double Tree. Yes. And the Double Tree is also where we're going to have Silicon. 2007, right? It's yes, like, it's in, in October. In October. 5th so, through 7th. Which we'll all be at, right? Sure. Yes, and they're <laughs> selling, they're selling, you know, passes for the costume con even as we speak. Can you so. give us a little hint as to what costume you'll be making for this? Because I know you're planning something. Well, I don't have anything I'm specifically making for that, no. Oh, okay. But the, um, 
I have entered um, costuming, you know, masquerades before, but um, the level of the people that are at the costume con is much higher than anything that I would make. We only sell yourself short. I, you know, I, I'll run around in a costume, but to enter, uh, Lon, I've gonna, seen pictures Lon's of these gonna people. going to debut his slave girl layout outfit, aren't you? Um, yeah, after a couple more sit-ups, okay. we're going to go for it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Um. <laughs> and poor Debbie's now, I think something exploded inside her head. She's like, take headphones, <laughs> no, no, must I must go. leave. Not, uh, not here. Uh, <laughs> you did kind of get... Uh, anyway, if you're as horrified as Debbie Breschneider, write in at editor at fanboyplanet.com. Wait, do we have any giveaways this week? Check, oh, well, we said, oh, yes, the first five people to write an email criticizing, complaining, saying, <laughs> saying... Lon, you don't know what you're talking about with That's the, with the Kelsey Grammer you thing. You can even say things like, I miss Chris Garcia. I miss Chris Garcia. <laughs> I miss the... Chris Garcia's money. The velvety tones of Michael Goodson. Uh, whatever. You, we were, are we giving We have five, five copies. Five limited edition copies. Few people realize this, but Lon Lopez, and I will vouch for this, I've never heard the album, but I've gone to karaoke with Lon. That's true. And he has a sweet... Velvet voice. Oh, thank you, baby. He is a very seductive singer. And, and this he is not fronted a, a band years ago. Seriously, it's not a joke. Fronted a band, Lon what Lopez and the Booty Call. Um, Sophisticated. Yes. <laughs> so the, the first five people <laughs> to email in Sinatra tribute album <laughs> will get a Lon Lopez and the Booty Call CD mm-hmm. with so there the music. We go. There we go. With the music on it. So if you're if you're interested, in what could be more compelling? And I might even there might like for the best compelling awesomest not, email, there might be a t-shirt. There might be a t-shirt, and it's an awesome t-shirt. So even if you for don't the like the music, email. We'll also be running a contest on on Fanboy Planet to give away copies of the new novel in the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, Seeing Red. Seeing Red, which Rick is Frank Bedour. busily reading right now. So Halfway we have through, a review. enjoying it. I'll review it next right. week. So if you've made it through the whole podcast and you're hearing this now, write in <laughs> and you might get some free stuff. Michael Goodson need not apply, but we also know Michael Goodson didn't make it through the whole podcast. So all is well. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Free stuff. So here we are. Remember, also stop by Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 105, Santa Clara, California. Watch us grow. Watch us grow, indeed. And uh, we're going to let a celebrity take us out. Hello, I'm Chris Chibnall. I'm the lead writer on Torchwood, which is airing on BBC America from September 8th. And please remember, use your powers only for good. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Lukeski at www.lukeski.com. In my super bad review. Well, yes, I edited your super bad review. Yeah, you kind of chopped it up a little bit, but I guess, you know, if you made it better, whatever. I didn't chop it up. I punctuated it. Oh, okay. I corrected all the spellings. The spelling, well, there was, I mean, for the obvious, like, super bad. Punctuation's just I mean, subtle editing. My word fucking checked Shocking. everything now. Uh, no, it's, you kept using the wrong form of it's and your oh, so things I like that. I do that a lot. Yeah.
But it's all about speed. Yeah, you do. I, know. I can't spell maintenance to save my life. I can't. It's just like I look at that word and I cannot spell it. M-I-N-T-E-N-A-N-C-E. part. See, I always have the problem with like double letters. I always go, wait, is this two C's or what? Like necessary. I can never spell necessary. I'm all, two C's That's hard. or That's one hard. S? I, really? Just. Sometimes I look at the word just and I go, is that right? J-U-S-T? Is that, yes. is that all it is? That's just what it is? Welcome to another episode of Phonetic Confessions. Mm-hmm. That's so weird that you would say it like that. <laughs> oh, stop it. What? Weird. What? What? We should do a whole podcast out the side of our mouths, out of our side of our closed <laughs> mouths. This is why I posted that to Sir Ron, because she looks good. She fit in the women thing. Yeah. You know have to go. I, I posted two women at Comic-Con. You posted what? I, I posted. <laughs> Ow! I posted two women at Comic-Con galleries. You know what I was going to say, though? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny is because we have all the headphones on, so if we speak real quiet, only us can hear I know. It's like the cone of silence. I know. <laughs> it's awesome. I like it. So anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> we'll just keep it to three amigos, baby. That's all. We're going to edit that all out, right? Okay. <laughs>